This is the Jail Ministry Podcast. The J-A-I-L, or Jesus Acts and Inmates Lives Ministry, is Christ-centered and provides programs focused on the prevention and intervention for the incarcerated. Jail Ministry also provides support to offenders, criminal justice professionals, victims, and their families. Thank you for your continued financial assistance. For more information, visit jailmen.org. Now, here's today's lesson. Hello and welcome to Jail Ministry. We are glad that you are with us today as we study God's Word. And that's what we do here at Jail Ministry. Now, for some of you, you may not be saved. Let's put it that way. And for some of you, you may be saved. So we realize that the listening audience, that for some of you, you're Christians and some of you are not Christians. Well, that's great. We're just glad that you are with us and that you're going to be studying God's word, reading God's word. So I would encourage you to get God's word, the Bible in front of you, because this is God's absolute truth for mankind, for us, particularly his people. We have been doing a study on essential doctrines now. And some of those essential doctrines that we have covered so far have been the authority of the Bible. We've talked about the Trinity, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. We have done a lesson on the universality of sin. We've also done a lesson on the incarnation of God. And this time, we're going to talk about the death of Christ. Now, this has a good side, bad side to it. Because without his death, there would be no hope. So we're going to dig in today, and we're going to be moving around to a lot of scriptures. Um, I will be giving you some scripture verses, so I would encourage you to go to those verses. If you can't do so immediately, then I would write them down and go back to them and study them later. Well, we're going to be looking at an essential doctrine, which is important because we're talking about what do Christians believe. Now, doctrine does not and should not divide Christians. This is so important. And when we talk about doctrines, we're talking about what we believe. What is essential to what I believe as a Christian? What should you believing be believing as a Christian? Understanding that some of you may not be Christian. So we're going to be digging into the death of Christ. And simply put, this is the meaning of the cross. And the meaning of the cross is death. So I want to ask you first and foremost this question because I was asked this question by a missionary. And he asked me, he said, Rhonda, was it God's plan that Christ Jesus should die? Was it his plan that Jesus would come, would suffer, and would die? Yes, it was God's plan. How do I know that? Well, because of Scripture. Scripture is God's truth. So his death was prophesied in the Scriptures. His death was also witnessed. And we're going to look at these verses today. So the death of Christ is one of the core doctrines of Christianity. And we need to keep this in mind. Not only his death, but also his burial and the resurrection of Jesus. 
because without these we have no hope whatsoever. And Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, which we will cover in another lesson, are central to the gospel account. So keep that in mind. The death of Christ, believe it or not, was at the heart of the apostles, especially Apostle Paul talks about this. We see it in Romans, and we're going to look up Ephesians and Galatians and Romans. Death of Christ is a central message is not only prophesied in the Old Testament, it's a central message in the New Testament and in the writings. In Christianity, the cross is the intersection of God's love and His justice. Now, I rarely, and I give books away, but there is one book in particular I do recommend, and that is The Cross by Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. He was trained as a physician. He later became a pastor. And I've read this book probably at least four times. And it is central to our faith. And I glean something new every time that I read this book, The Cross. Because the cross is the intersection of God's love and His justice. And it is where Christ Jesus died at the cross. So keep this in mind. Okay, so let's look at this. Was it God's plan that Jesus should die? Yes, it is. Now, I'm going to go to Isaiah in the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10. And this is one of my, my favorite passages here. So, when we look at this, and I'm going to read it out loud so you can hear it if you don't have a Bible. It says this, Yet... It pleased the Lord, and that means Lord God, to bruise him. He has put him to grief when you make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, meaning Christ. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. That reference to seed goes all the way back. To Genesis chapter 3. And you may be saying, well, what do you mean by that? Well, the death was prophesied, believe it or not, back in the first book of the Bible. Let's go to Genesis 3. Adam and Eve had sinned, greatly sinned against God. They thought they could live life their way. Do you ever do that? I know I did that, especially when I was unsaved. I always thought, I'm just going to live my life, do what I want to do when I want to do it, and live my own way. Now I live God's way. Do you? Well, we see the death of the seed. So we see this here. God says this. This is amazing. In Genesis 3.15, And I will put enmity. Who puts enmity? God does. That's active verb, by the way. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, meaning Satan and the woman. And between your seed, meaning Satan's seed, and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So again, as a reference to the cross and death and Christ defeating, he's always defeated Satan, but gave him a crushing blow. 
but it's a reference to death. So where in the Bible does it speak about the death of Christ? Well, we've just given you some of these. We're never going to go to some more. So you're going to have to move around. So let's go to John. So in the New Testament, we have four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're going to go to John. And by the way, John is probably one of my favorite books of the Bible. Do a lot of study on John. John chapter 19, verse 18. Let's look at some of these that involve the death of Christ. Now, there are some religions, and I stress this, because who deny that Jesus even died at the cross. I'm like, where are you getting your evidence? Where are you getting your history? And there are millions of people who believe this because they've been taught this from a false religion. So let's look at God's truth here from his word. John chapter 19 verse 18 says, and I'm going to go up to verse 17 and 18. And he, bearing his cross, meaning Jesus, went out to a place called the place of the skull. It's also called Golgotha, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side, and Jesus in the center. There we see, crucifixion was one of the most brutal ways today. Even, they don't do it today, but in the past, where the Romans wanted to make sure the people understood that if you cross us as Romans, you will be punished. But yet, Jesus had no sin. Keep that in mind. So why was he being crucified? Let's go to Romans, if you keep going forward afterwards, go to Romans chapter 6, verse 10. And let's read together what the word says. So, Romans chapter 6, verse 10 also. It says this, I'm going to back up to 9. Knowing that Christ... Having been raised from the dead, I mean, how are you raised from the dead if you didn't die first, right? Dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. That doesn't mean every single person, by the way. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Hmm. Go back and listen to that again. For the death that he died, he died to sin. So, why did he die? Why is the death of Christ so important to us as Christians? Because without his death, there is no life. There's no eternal life. See, when Adam and Eve sinned, and they put the world into sin, and we all have inherited sin, we have a nature to sin, and in our unsaved condition, our unsaved nature, we love to sin. That's the truth of the matter. And where Adam failed and could not save himself, Abraham could not save himself, Moses could not save himself, no one in the Old Testament can save themselves. We had a big problem. My big problem was sin. What do we do with sin? No sin can be in God's presence. 
it must be dealt with, must be taken care of in your death. I mean, why do 10 out of 10 people die? Because of sin. Or there would be no death. That's why. So sin must be dealt with. So Christ died in my place. If you are a Christian, that means that Christ Jesus died in your place. That means that he takes your sin upon him and he gives you his righteousness in exchange. Kind of like a legal exchange. Now you're beginning to understand why his death is so important. We don't worship death. We worship Christ. But the death of Christ is everything. Because without his death, there is no life. Let's look at another passage. Let's go backwards to Mark chapter 15, verse 39. Mark chapter 15, again, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're going to go to Matthew chapter 15, verse 39. Let's look at what the word says. Oh, I love this. So when the centurion, now keep in mind, Jesus is being crucified. And the people are looking on, and there are centurions there. There are Roman guards at the cross, and they are watching the people, keeping them in line, making sure nothing goes wrong, making sure that there is death at this time. We know that both of the thieves, and there were two other thieves crucified with Jesus, they were both hurling insults at Jesus at one time. But yet one went to hell and one went to heaven. There was a change in one of them. So this centurion would have seen this and heard what was happening. So when the centurion who stood opposite him, meaning Jesus, saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last, he said, truly this man was the son of God. What? I mean, if you understand who Roman and Roman soldiers were, this is very odd. What he witnessed, and he was a witness to not only the people, but to Jesus and what Jesus said on the cross. I would encourage you to go back and read what did Jesus say while he was being crucified. What would lead this centurion to make this type of bold statement? That truly this is the Son of God. Which would have been blasphemy to the Jews there watching. But yet he made this statement. So he was watching and he watched Jesus die. There you have death. We know that Jesus died. Let's go to Acts. Let's go a little bit further. And we're going to go to Acts chapter 5. Verse 30, Acts chapter 5, verse 30, says this. If you'll read with me. Acts chapter 5, verse 30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Well, we know it pleased God. Okay. And it was God's plan that Jesus would die. But yet we see here the statement. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus. In order to be raised, he must be brought low. He's dead. Whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Everyone who was hung on a tree was said to be cursed. 
That's what the Bible says. So who murdered him? I think in our hearts, I think every one of us murder him. We don't put God first in our life. We create our God not with our hands, but with our mind that we're comfortable with and we worship that God. Yeah, we murder him when we sin. Maybe you've hated someone. Maybe you've murdered someone and you're watching this from jail. You've committed adultery, fornication. So yeah, in our hearts, we murder. We would all be those ones today who would be screaming, crucify, crucify him. We would. If you doubt, just look at your sin. Another one is in Acts 2.23. So just go back a couple chapters in Acts 2.23. There's lots more verses. These are just some of them. In Acts 2.23. Him, meaning Jesus, being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and Put to death. There it is. Put to death. Was it God's plan? I asked you this in the very beginning. Was it God's plan that Jesus should die? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And yet God does not sin. And yet Jesus does not sin. There's no paradox here. This is how God works. One more, I want you to go to First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14. Go to First Thessalonians, just go forward in your Bible a little bit. You might want to write it down, First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14, and I'll read it for you. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. There we see the death of Christ again, but we also see more that with his death, because Jesus died, God will bring with Jesus those who sleep. Now that's a euphemism for those who have died in Christ Jesus when they sleep. Those who belong to Jesus are with him. Those who have died are with him right now because to die is to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. So this death was predetermined and has a plan, has a purpose. And that is to bring us forever, to be forever with him. And his death accomplished this. So are you beginning to see how important, why this death of Christ would be a Christian doctrine? Because without it, again, we have no hope. So we see from some other verses, and I'm just going to read these for you. <clears throat> One in particular in Romans 3.25 talks about that Christ is our propitiation for sin. It means it's his death satisfied the debt for sin. Because see, we have a debt to God. That's your death. That's why people die. So his death satisfied the requirements for my sin. 
So I die. Now, I'll go to heaven one day, not because I'm a good person. I'm not. I can do good deeds just like you can. But I go to heaven because God is good and God has a plan. And God made propitiation through his son for my sins. This, his death is how my sins have been dealt with. Have your sins been dealt with? I mean all of your sins. Past sins? I mean, I used to think, oh, God will never forgive my sin. Yeah, he did. As the east is from the west. And I know this is difficult for some religions to understand. I won't call them out by name. Christians understand this. That my past sins, my now sins, my future sins are all forgiven because of his death. That's how important his death is. So he is my substitute. It says, he who knew no sin became a sin sacrificed. At his death, he made atonement for sin, not for every single person in the world. There are people, multitudes, who go to hell. But there are also multitudes who are with him now and go to heaven. To know these great truths brings a great peace in my life. And I hope it brings peace in your life as well. There's a hope in knowing this truth. Like I can grasp onto this truth. So when I look at the cross in my mind, and when I am tempted to sin, that's what I do. I look back at the cross. Those in the Old Testament, they looked forward to this by faith. By grace alone, through faith alone, I believe the same truth. This is essential doctrine. Some other verses that I would encourage you to look up are going to be John 10, 18 and John 19, 30. See, without the sacrificial death of Christ, the Christian, like me, I would still be in my sins. Unforgiven, unredeemed, unsaved, and unloved. It is wrong, and I think again, Scripture to say that God loves every single person in the world. It says, for God so loved the world. But you need to understand what world we are talking about. Because this makes no sense to a lot of people. Well, if God loves every single person in the world, then no one would go to hell. That's not true. Context is very important in understanding not only the love of God, but also the wrath of God. God's wrath abides on the sinner. Our sin must be dealt with, and Christ took care of the believer's sin when he died and when he rose from the grave. So with no sacrificial death, and it means that he was the sacrificial lamb. He who knew no sin became a sin sacrifice. The perfect sinless lamb of God, sent from God, who is God in the flesh. Because Jesus is fully man and fully God. He entered into this world. He took on a human nature like Adam. That's why we call him the second Adam. 
this is God's plan. This is God's way of not only dealing with sin, but redeeming a people for himself. This is how he does it. Now, maybe you're living life your way. Maybe you're dealing with your sin your way. You can keep on doing that. I pray that you don't. But know that without this sacrificial death, all of those Old Testament sacrifices, they led to the one ultimate death and sacrifice on the cross of Christ Jesus. And we just see this in Scripture with all the verses that we've talked about. It was witnessed by not only his apostles, but unbelievers standing there at that time. And without his death, I would still be living in my sin. I'd still be unforgiven. I would be unredeemed. I would be unsaved. And I would be unloved. That's sad. Very sad. The cross of Christ is vital to our salvation. And is a main theme of the apostles' preaching. So as you read your Bible, I want you to recognize this as an essential doctrine. With the death of Christ, our sins became powerless to rule over us. And this is in Romans 6. By his death... Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. Now, I'm going to go back and I want to look at this real quick. I want you to go to Romans 6, 14. Romans 6, 14. With the death of Christ, our sins became powerless to rule over. See, when we're unsaved, sin, we are slaves to sin. Sin rules over us. Sin directs us. What we say, what we eat, what we do, how we act. But when we're saved, that's no longer the case. Sin no longer has power over me because of Christ dwelling in me and because of what Christ did on the cross at his death. So in Romans 6.14, I want to read this for you. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. When you're you're unsaved, you're under the law. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not lie. You shall not covet. You shall not murder. and, And Jesus said murdering is just, I mean, hating is just like murder. If you're unsaved, you're still under that law, that heavy burden of the law. Now, I love to keep the law. I love God's law. But it doesn't control me. My sin no longer directs me or controls me. But it no longer has dominion over me. I am under grace because of the death of Christ. Another one. Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. How do I know this? Let's go to John chapter 12 verse 31. John chapter 12 verse 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Now this trips up a lot of people who... Hmm, the ruler of this world, who is that? Satan. 
when Jesus came, and you didn't understand this, this is when Satan was cast out. Talks in Revelation about the binding of Satan. What does that mean? It means that Satan can no longer stop the gospel from going throughout the ends of the earth. That's what it means. So Jesus destroyed the works of the devil when he cast him out. Some other verses you might want to look up as well is Hebrews 2.14, 1 John 3.8. He condemned Satan in John chapter 16.11 when he said this. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit, Christ the Holy Spirit. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Satan has been judged. He's on a short leash. He knows his end is near. So what does the death do also? We saw from Genesis 3.15, crushed the head of the serpent. There's really no reason for the Christian in particular to ever question the death of Christ by crucifixion. It is well established by scripture and historical fact today. Those who would question the death of Christ would do so not on the basis of history, because that's already done. It's sealed. But in support of an agenda to discredit the gospel accounts and the foundation of Christian faith. So when I'm evangelizing on the streets and I encounter this with someone of a different faith, this is the attack that they will take. Well, you know, Jesus didn't really die. His, his disciples came and sconded him away. No. No. If you want to know what the truth is, you need to go to God's Word for yourself. And that's what we want you to do here at Jail Ministry. We want you reading God's Word. And we're just here to help you. To encourage you. To exhort you. The Holy Spirit will convict you of sin, righteousness, and judgment. But the Holy Spirit for the Christian will lead him into all truth. So for our lesson today, I hope you will go back and really appreciate the death of Christ because it was God's plan. So until next time, God bless and come back.